Hello and welcome to the Permanent Good Podcast, a podcast that's part movie club, part improv comedy. My name is Craig Wells, a.k.a. Permanent Handle. And I'm Alex Good, a.k.a. Alex Good. And welcome to the 2022 Holiday Gift Guide presented by Permanent Good. Christmas is right around the corner as as well as a bunch of other, you know, gift-giving holidays. And you are scrambling because you're getting to that point where Amazon might not deliver in time and you are still short many many gifts. And uh, Alex and I are here to help you out a little bit. We're going to we're just going to set the tone to help you figure out what you need. Right. That's legit. Um so let's start off with the easy ones. Significant other. Um here's the tricky part with dealing with significant other, especially if you guys live together. Let's start out with the easy one. Now here's the tricky part. Right. <laughs> I think the gift is going to be easy. It's the them not finding out, which is the hard part. Okay. Because you have a joint sure. bank account that can mess you up. It's the joint Amazon account that can mess you up. It's uh, it's arriving, and I'm not going to be home, but they're going to be home. That could mess you up. I think that you just need to have like a clear like rules of engagement when the holiday season comes around. Like, hey, if you see forty dollars taken out for Amazon, you know what? Like, just like don't go price hunting, okay? Like, right. Also. You need to talk to your significant other so you can get a budget because this gets really easy when you know how much money you have to work with. If you go out and buy this person a brand new espresso machine, which is like $700, and they're like, well, we were just going to go on a movie date, that's not going to seem very nice or fun or enjoyable. For It's going to make it extremely awkward. But if you're just like, hey, 50 bucks, this is easy. Replay some of your conversations with them, see what they like. But we do have some ironclad gifts to give your significant other. Right, Craig? Yeah, absolutely. So if you are like strapped for cash or like you don't have much money to spend or don't want to spend that much money, something that I always recommend is a behavior change. Like if your significant other has been like telling you for like three, four, seven years now that you don't pull your weight in the kitchen or cleaning up after dishes, maybe this Christmas you do that for like one or two days and right. that'll be your present to them. And just just give them a card that says... For Christmas this year, I'm going to be a different person. And, uh, and that should be say, good for them. <laughs> and make sure the card says the clock starts as soon as you open this card. <laughs> right. Um, and you're really taking a gamble because if they don't have any direction on like, here's what I want you to do. You might just need to like take some big swings. Like, all right, what celebrity is she like? Michael B. Jordan? I guess I'm a boxer now. <laughs> or she's like, or you're like. I wonder if she really thought that me fixing the entertainment center was a priority or not. Let's find out. Right. So I think you just got to like, you know, engineer the relationship. Now, another easy one, super easy, is any child under the age of 10. Just give it to your significant other. they all want other. the same like three things. Oh, right. we're moving on. Sorry. My bad. Sorry. Yeah. Um. <laughs> <laughs> right. So all kids under the age of 10 want the same like three things. Uh, Craig, you and I can go back and forth. You start. Yeah, obviously, number one, $50 Roblox gift card. Do they have a way to play Roblox? Absolutely not. But they know that it's a thing that their friends have and they want to participate. Right. Next up is slime and or poppets. They hit every time for years. The stickier, the better. Right. And they need to be real crisp pops. Can't have those like lazy poppets that don't make a lot of so noise or only make a noise on one side. And the last thing, universal, regardless of age or gender, um, dinosaurs. Di just yep. give them 
anything related to dinosaurs, you have a solid, solid 75% chance of hitting a home run with that one. Right. Okay. Now we can wrap it up with like people 55 and up. Now, here's what I'm going to say. Your dad every year, not you, Alex, but just like dads in general are always like, don't get me anything. You know, I buy what I want for myself. Don't worry about it. This year, test it. Don't get them anything. See how true they were in that sentiment. Or here's what you do. You What you do is you take them out to dinner, right? And be like, hey, for Christmas, I want to take you out to dinner. And then you order all their food for them. <laughs> be like, I'm going to be the dad tonight. I'm ordering your food. I'm telling you what you're going to eat. And if you want to have dessert, you better finish what's on your plate. And in return, you'll pay for it. Make sure you order from the kids' menu, too. And if the serving staff uh, tells you that you can't, argue with them in true dad fashion. Hey, I understand that these are the rules, but I want my way, and I'm going to put my foot down. And make sure you don't leave a tip as well. Just, right. you know. And along with the kids' menu, make sure to order a cocktail, but make sure it's a cocktail you've never heard of. And that cocktail needs to be bright and glowy to like get his attention and think that he wants to drink it, too. Right. Try and get as much ingredients as possible, preferably things that aren't even liquids. Like, see if you can get like cinnamon in there or like pepper or, or like, like cereal. If they could sprinkle some Fruit Loops in there, cereal, that'd probably be good. Pickles, tomatoes, anything fried, like that would be pretty dope. Um, like an onion. This cocktail ring. also comes in a bucket, from yeah. what I understand. Is if you can <laughs> not get it in a glass, that would be perfect. But like, oh yeah, we uh, serve this one in a shoe. Or like this one comes out in someone's mouth and here's a straw. (laughs) You need to go for something like that because dads love novelty. Now your mom, candles, books, gift card to Bed Bath & Beyond. Yep, that's it. Yeah, get them a book. Get them a a book you know they want, a book they think they'll like, and then a candle. That's it. Yep, that's it. And everyone else, they just get a Target gift card. Who cares? Um, Alex, are you ready to talk about our movie? Let's talk about the movie. We are in week two of Christmas. We are watching movies about, uh, not movies about, but movies starring people named Chris. This week, we are watching a Chris Hemsworth movie called Cabin in the Woods. Uh, This is one of those movies that we kind of have to talk spoilers if we're going to get into the nitty gritty of it. So if you don't want to hear us talk about that, you can go ahead and skip to this time code right here. Time code, 22 minutes, 10 seconds. Hmm, Cabin in the Woods. So I knew this movie was going to be a scary movie just from looking at the poster. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, No idea what it was about. The fact that it was kids going to a cabin doesn't tell me anything um, because that's a bunch of other horror movies. There's a lot of nuance to this thing. They had a lot of new ideas they were exploring. This is a very high concept horror movie. And I really appreciate that. So I'm going to I'm going to dance around it a little bit where the movie is, you know, four, five people go to a cabin in the woods. Surprise. And we keep getting these like cut scenes, these cutaway scenes to people in what is very clearly like an underground, probably government facility. And they are monitoring these kids and they are monitoring the cabin and one thing leads to another and like horror movie stuff starts to happen to these people in the cabin. And it kind of, the movie itself plays on a lot of horror tropes. Like that is the movie is 
pointing out and playing into horror movie tropes. Right. Like there's a That's specifically a there's a scene where he goes, we should all stick together. And they're like, let's not have that. And they're like, we we need them to split up. Don't make make sure these don't stay together. We need to make sure this person is intoxicated. I, I think we kind of just need to go into the meat of it, which is <laughs> the underground facility is purposefully creating horror movie scenarios so that people die. So they are sacrificed to underground deities to prevent the world from being destroyed by these deities. Yeah. And, and it sounds like a joke the entire movie. Yes. And so this, they have branches like all over the globe. You know, we see the Japan one a lot um, and they just cut to I think there's an Australian movies. branch. Yeah. And the whole thing is like, we need to get sacked. We basically need to play into every horror movie trope or these deities will come to life and kill us all. Yeah. And the one that we are watching is the cabin in the woods trope. So, you know, the, the hot girl gets killed first and then they get separated and there's a smart one and, and the, and the strong guy tries to get help and, you know, the virgin needs to die last in order to satisfy the trope. It, it plays into these grand ideas of playing with the horror movie formula in a genuinely cool and unique way. The problem was I couldn't care less. I don't know what it was about this movie. Yeah. It was not the movie's fault. I This was my burden to bear. I got like 30 minutes into this movie and I'm like, I just do not care. I think you end up caring about one thing over the other. So you either care about the people in the cabin who are getting slaughtered or you care about the people controlling the whole thing. And I yes. only cared about them controlling the thing because it cuts the tension in half. Yes, absolutely. Like, and the second half of the movie, I did find more enjoyable. But that first half of the movie is a slog. Oh, my God. Yeah, I'm just like, all right, let's come back to them because they're taking bets on like what horror element is going to come to life. And they're like rooting for her to take her top off because that's the, you know, it's one of the tropes that happens in every movie. And they're like, they're just, it's commentary on a movie, kind of. So we're, it's, it's very interesting. It's something we haven't seen before. Also, those people have like great personalities. Um, we're referring to uh, Bradley Whitford. Yes. And uh, Bradley Whitford uh, is Jenkins. slowly becoming one. Of, and by slowly, I mean quickly. Bradley Whitford is quickly becoming one of my favorite character actors. Everything I've seen yeah, him in, I is, absolutely love. He's hilarious. And he plays off really well with Richard Jenkins, who plays Sitterson. Their names don't matter, no. by the way. It's totally irrelevant. Um, them in particular. So those two as a duo were hilarious and I was a big fan. So every time we cut back to the actual horror part, I'm like, I don't really care about this. Yeah. And we, we watched this movie for Chris Hemsworth and Chris Hemsworth is not great in this movie. Just in general, his accent is shaky at best. His character is paper thin and he's just like, the the best moment in this movie is when he dies. Yeah. He this is when he was filming Red Dawn. This was right before he got the role Thor. Like right before it. I think he found out he got mm. Thor like while filming this movie. Then then these movies got tabled. Thor came out and then these came out after Thor. Okay. Okay, okay. Um so he was he got better in Thor and then he's been better since he's been in the Marvel universe for you know 10 years, but this was 
he filmed this prior to being Thor. So we're watching a young Chris Hemsworth, younger than you're used to. Yes. And it it just, it really shows. I didn't like any of the kids. Oh, I like Marty. Kids. Uh, oh, dude, that's crazy. I hated Marty. I love, so Marty's that, uh, he plays the fool character. So obviously of the athlete, they call her the whore, but it was weird. I'm like, I never referred to that person. It's just like the dumb, attractive person. Um, the brains, the fool, the virgin. He plays the fool who's just a stoner cracking jokes the entire time. I yeah. thought it was tacky at first, kind of like um, an Italian job when we were the talking Seth about Green Napster. Character. Yeah, the Seth Green character. This person is almost identical to that guy. Yeah, and I don't know why he was more off-putting for me. I don't know if it was just like the lilt in his voice that I didn't like or his jokes weren't mm-hmm. as funny. Like, it was just, it was... I didn't like it when he had dialogue. Yeah, he was the dedicated um, comedy person. He's there to break the ice and ease the tension. Um, the comedic relief, if you will. And it was, I liked it. I dug it. It. He had, I warmed up to it. Um, but I don't know, it was just like, I like it in horror movies when there's someone cracking jokes. Because I don't like horror movies. I don't like scary movies. So someone to constantly be like, oh, by the way, like this is ridiculous. What we're doing right now. Maybe we shouldn't do this. I'm like. I like it because someone there's a person in the room saying what we're thinking. Yeah. Um, I liked Kristen Donnelly's character in the sense that, you know, she was kind of the only one that had a personality out of yeah. the five of them. Yep. <laughs> um, <laughs> so like I, I had a vested interest in her solely because like she was, I was forced to care about her. I was put into a room for 90 minutes and told, care about one of these people and i'm like okay i guess i'll do the main one um this movie changes tones drastically in the last yeah. 30 minutes this is another case what are the other movie i don't know the last movie we talked about it with but like the second half of the movie is a different movie yeah so there's a point in the movie where chris hemsworth has an opportunity to escape and he's like i'm gonna go get help and he has to take a dirt bike and jump a small ravine and he gets enough air to jump the ravine, and then he hits an invisible wall like in a video game. He just bounces <laughs> off a force field and then f- drops into the ravine and dies. And from that moment forward, the movie turns into it's the second half of a Resident Evil game. This is the best Resident it Evil turns movie into freaking, I've ever it, seen. <laughs> it gives off the vibe of like the second Hunger Games, where it's not about the Hunger Games anymore. Yeah, we're going inside the facility and destroying it from the inside. So they find a way to get, like I said, into the the facility. They have all these, like, chambers where they keep all the horror tropes. And they, like, have to jump through them and use them to navigate the facility to get out. And they don't even know where they're going. They're just like, anywhere is better than where we've been. Right. And And so we're at a point now. Once they get into the facility, basically only Marty and Dana are left, you know, the fool and the virgin. And they're like, it doesn't matter how everybody dies as long as the virgin is the only one that lives. As long as Dana or she can die. She just needs to die last. So right, the they fool have, has to die first. But they don't know that. So they're just yeah. trying to survive. And everyone else is just like, kill the fool, don't kill the virgin. She can't so, die first. And so they're sending out SWAT teams uh, just to hunt yeah. these two people down, and you know through the course of the event, through the course of events, 
these horror tropes start to get unleashed inside the facility. So now these SWAT teams are trying to kill these two people in a specific order while also being absolutely murked by, like, pterodactyls and zombies. It was Tarantino-esque bloodshed in this This movie. This is a hand. There have been a handful of movies in my life that I would have turned off if given the opportunity because of how much gore is in this movie. This is rough. If you are <laughs> squeamish, the last 30 minutes of this movie, and I don't mean this with judgment, I mean this with sincerity, it's rough to get through. It wasn't for me because it was overwhelming. Yeah. It was just uh-huh. like, it was straight up Tarantino. We're going to. F- cover everyone in blood you're gonna walk into a room and it's going to be painted red yeah the characters are swimming in it yeah so it's yeah (laughs) um i also think that this movie has like a cool ending um they basically get to a point where the characters have the choice of like hey you got to understand if you don't die if you marty the fool do not die the world ends and he's like is it really worth it then? And then the world ends. And I'm like, yeah, it kind of would have been worth it, TBH. Yeah, but I think they were also like, am I just supposed to believe you? And he goes, by the way, if you kill me, my world ends. If you don't kill me, I'm going to die anyway because the world is going to end. So he's like, "Eh, I'll just call your bluff. Nah, I don't want to die. And it was cool kind of seeing that like, oh, the apocalypse is starting and that's how the movie ends. That's a cool way to, to end the movie. Yeah, because this movie could have ended like two or three different times. Now, I want to circle back. First half of this movie was, I'm going to say, just straight up not fun. And like, it was just I, like, it was so. I liked when they cut away from the actual horror stuff because the actual horror stuff was, it's just tropes. That's it. So I understand why, if this is a, if this is someone's favorite horror movie, I get it. I'm not going to knock them for that. I think this movie has a really cool concept and I think that it executes it pretty well. It's just that the stumbles that it makes are big stumbles for me personally. It also doesn't help that there's not a good actor of the five kids of the five kids. No, you blame it on the script if you want, but none of the performances were believable. Only one of them had a personality and she still had to interact with a bunch of, you know, paper characters. So yeah, it wasn't interesting. Whoa, a movie written by Joss Whedon with flat female characters? What a surprise. Um, And this movie is uh, directed by a man named Drew Goddard. Um, He has, he's he's a big producer. I'm trying to see, let me pull up his other directing credits. Um, Oh, he he produced The Martian. Yeah, the other big director, the other big directing credit that he has is Bad Times at the El Royale, which is one of Andrew's favorite movies, and I like it. It's a it's a good movie. Um, but yeah, he was a big producer I mean, on Lost. Also, in the produced the, the Martian. writing. Apparently, they wrote this script in three days, and you <laughs> sure. feel it. You feel it one hundred percent. Yeah, and like this guy's like writing credits is also good. Like he wrote a bunch of Buffy, I assume, with Joss Whedon, and a bunch of Angel. Um, he also wrote he's also the series creator for Daredevil. So like this dude has right yeah. So Joss Whedon and Drew Drew Goddard are the both of the writers for this and Drew Goddard directed it. And like these guys have writing and directing chops. It's crazy to see such like an interesting concept like fall so flat. Yeah, it was I don't know, dude. It was I'm just going I'm just going back to all the Marty lines. 
because I thought that was interesting. Like they can write comedy, but when they're not joking, it was just boring. Like, and there's also scenes where I was like, what the heck am I watching? Like they dared um, Jules to make out with a wolf. Yeah. And I'm like, and then she goes and makes out with a stuffed wolf. Like the ones like you hang the head on the wall. For like, like a full minute. And I'm like, why are we watching this? Are we just getting reinforced with the fact that this girl's obviously sexually active and has horrible judgment? Because I feel like we didn't need to watch this to get that. It's it's reeking in her personality. So yeah, it, and also the fact that like Chris Hemsworth character can't go anywhere without a football, bro. He goes, he leaves the van or the Winnebago or whatever to go pump gas and brings a football. I'm like, I get it. He's an athlete. He's also pumping his gas. Chill out. Also, the only reinforcement we have that like the character is supposed to be smart is smart is he can read Latin, kind of. That's it. <laughs> I didn't think he was the smart one. I thought he was like the pretty boy, but like he can kind of read Latin and that's what's supposed to make him smart. It was that was annoying as well. There's a lot of annoying things in this movie. I get that it's tropey, but there's a lot of it was unnecessary. Um, overall, th- the cool concept is carrying a lot of this rating, and it's sitting at a 5.75 for me. Okay, I'm giving it a 6.25 based off the concept, too. Yeah. Um, it's interesting enough a concept to watch the movie. I've, people are like, I want to watch a horror movie, but I want it to be different. I'd be like, well, this is different. It is different. This wouldn't be the first recommendation I have for different movies that are horror, but like it'd be on the list. Um, I would put in some like disclaimer, be like, hey, it's not going to blow your mind, but it is interesting. So I'm giving it a 6.25. It's just interesting. All right. We're going to move on to our improv segment. This is one that we did a few weeks ago that I'm bringing back. This one's called Micro Scenes. The way this works is I have a few scene prompts written for us. And we just need to do the scene. We're not doing the scene for very long. Just like just like two or three minutes. And then we'll just cut it, move on to the next one. All right? Sweet. Yep. All right. The first scene is uh, Johnson and Johnson argue who is the first Johnson and who's the second Johnson. Okay. No, but like I was born first. So like on the label when it says Johnson and Johnson, like I'm the first Johnson. But here's the thing. My name's Alex. Your name is Craig. A comes before C alphabetical order it makes sense that alex johnson craig johnson okay but we look at like the work that was done to create this product like who came up with baby powder not me but i learned how to make it good yeah but it was my idea to start the company so you might have created the product i figured out how to sell it and got the llc turned it into a c-corp like that was my idea okay but there wouldn't be an llc without something to put behind it and that's what i did but here's the thing, though. I I started it. You brought... Everyone's got ideas, okay? I executed on the idea. So it makes sense that if we're the Johnson brothers, Alex and Craig makes way more sense than Craig and Alex. Oh, which one's Craig? Not the one who started the company, the one who invented the product. It makes Mom, sense. Mom, Grandpa and Grandpa are arguing about the billing thing again. Um, are we just okay. gonna have this kid pull a gun on us? Or are we gonna? <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, next one. A landlord is coming to collect rent, but the tenant can't pay with traditional money. Uh, hey man, um, I noticed that today's like today's the fifth, 
And I was just, you know, I, I try not to be a big hound about this, but like your rent is due. So like, when do you think you'll have it for me? Okay. How do you feel about the game Monopoly? In, I think it's kind of boring and takes too long. Well, you're a landlord, so I figured you'd have, you know, some vested interest in it. I you say know. we play a game and winner keeps the Monopoly money and we just treat it as if it's real. Treat that's not even like a little. So like Normally if I beat you, people, okay, all the money I have at the end of the game, yeah. I can pay my rent with. If you win, I still owe you the money. Okay. So normally when people barter on their rent, they normally at least offer things of value, not things that I can pick up for 20 bucks at Walmart. Okay. Hear me out. Second idea. Okay. I started a new crypto coin. All right. And it's going to hit sometime in the next three to 18 months. How do you plan on using this crypto? Your apartment doesn't have internet. I've been going to the local library, right? And I'm offering you a 6% share in all the crypto I currently own. Okay, well, 6% of zero is still zero, so please tell me that you have a third and better option. Okay, third option, and I really didn't want it to come to this, is I stop the OnlyFans account I have set up on your wife, and I just cash out and give you all the money I've made. So, first of all, just going to ignore the gross breach of privacy there have you been making money right. on it this whole time and you're choosing not to spend it on things like mm, rent or utilities i feel like this is a trick question it's not then yes <sighs> all right well you know it what we gotta little, do to tenants like it you seemed, it didn't seem very nice to pay you with your own money so i just kept it for myself does that make sense i hate you you are my least favorite tenant okay, um, okay. yeah want to do one more <laughs> um, uh, yeah, one more. Um, <laughs> this might be the stupidest prompt I've ever written, but I also love it. Um, a time traveler that got frozen in the past is thawed in the year he traveled back from. Does that make sense? Okay. A time traveler. Okay, say it one more time. A time traveler that got frozen in the past is thawed in the year he traveled back from. So if you're from 2022... He traveled back to 1980, got frozen in 1980, and then got thawed out in 2022. Okay. Well, I already know who I'm going to be. Okay. Hey, man. Uh, you need to wake up. Are you okay? <gasps> oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, God. I, what, is it, what year is it? 1985? Uh, 2022. Wait. No. Really? Yeah. Uh, here's a calendar. Here's my phone. Dude, uh, your family I... was looking for you. You were gone God. for like... A week. I'm from 20... I was trying to go into the past. Okay. Um, can you break down your methodology here? Because why would you go back in the past, right? And freeze yourself. Okay. Obviously, the freezing was an accident. You remember Captain America, the first Avenger, right? And how he had to, like, crash that plane right. into the ice? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. I didn't do quite that. I kind of just got stuck in a Taco Bell freezer and... They had to keep me there in order to preserve my life. Okay. couple. I, let me answer a couple of the questions you might have before you start freaking out. Yeah. Um, you got frostbite in every single one of your digits. I, I figured. So that's, that's, that should explain some of the prosthetics you have. Uh, two, you did unthaw real briefly in the 90s. Okay. Um, so that's why you look a little bit older than you should be. Okay. Because you kind of kept aging 
real briefly and we put you back under, but that's really not how aging works. So you might feel 20 years older. Um, not exactly sure what age your body thinks it is. Okay. But um, like you said, I was gone for like a week, right? Right. Okay. So like, I, I know, are, are we still using Twitter? Is Twitter still good? Uh, yep. Yeah, Twitter's pretty much the same. Uh, I think right before you left, I think you saw Elon Musk take over. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, and you knew Kanye was going nuts. Yeah. But Kanye like he hasn't said n- anything like totally wild, right? Like I can still. You like, were here for the you, Hitler thing, right? The what thing? Okay. So that happened in the last week. Man, it feels like it's been two weeks already at least. Huh. Yeah. So he got kicked off Twitter. Okay. Um, you know, so like I can't use graduation to defend anti- him anymore. I mean, super anti-Semitic stuff. You would understand, right? You're Jewish. Yeah. Uh, I, um, I guess. Uh, uh, I guess. <laughs> well, you kind of look like it. You aren't. Are you serious? Hold on. It, are Are you okay? How long have you known me? Oh, I'm just your doctor, dude. I've. I, this is my first oh. time meeting. Yeah, I don't know really anything about you. Okay. Which is kind of why I'm getting some Jewish vibes. Okay. Um. Don't but know like, if you've done like a 23 and me or. But like you know, they haven't like brought Top Gun back into theaters or anything, right? Or you. Not for a third time. You were here for the second time, right? The what time? What? Dude, I swear you were here a week ago. Have you just been like tapped out of society or something that you just weren't paying attention? That happened like last summer. I think think it was closer to like 10 days than it was like like, just a week. Yeah, but it was still like months ago. Like you were here for that. I I swear, did you just live in your parents' basement before? Like you obviously don't know anything else that's going on. And this is like pretty big news. Okay, well, I think you're giving me a hard time when I'm the one that's been let me let me say this again, frozen for 37 years. You're starting to make it seem like a lot bigger deal than it is. Like you didn't actually do anything. You know what I mean? Well, clearly neither have you. I'm a doctor. I a save people one? every day. Name I one save person people. you've saved. This morning, I saved a mother who was going to die during childbirth, and I saved both her and the baby, and they called me up to here to thaw you out, which, by the way, I didn't even know people were doing, okay? Okay, did you actually save her life, or did you just stand behind all the nurses that were actually saving her life? Hey, man, listen, this is semantics, okay? (laughs) All right? I'm a big deal, and I think you should treat me like a big... You know what? I think it's time for you to go back into your coma. (laughs) Okay. I love I love these micro scenes. They're so good. Yeah, dude, they're so fun. so good. Um, we're gonna move right into our middle segment. This is a rendition of the newlywed game. Um, I'm gonna be so completely honest. I ripped this idea straight up from the Basement Yard podcast. Um, I don't love know. Love that you've podcast. Pro- yeah. Shout very, out Joe Santagato. Very very good show. Um, and so basically the way this is gonna work is I'm gonna ask newlywed game s questions, but we have to answer them like we're in elementary school and we have to guess what the other person's elementary school answer is going to be. Does that make sense? Uh, I think it would be when we do it. What? So no. <laughs> Does it make sense? I think it will when we're in it. So no. Okay. <laughs> but let's do it anyway. So I'm just going to ask you a question and you need to answer like your elementary school self would answer this question. Okay. And then I'm going to try to guess that answer. And okay, then, sure. You know, vice versa. Gotcha. Elementary school. So I'm going to shoot you, you for gotta like... You got to take yourself back. Yeah. Third or fourth grade, maybe? Yeah. Uh, 
All right. First question. What did you want to be when you grew up? Um, I'll take one of three answers. One of three answers. That's crazy. I, it changed every year I was in elementary school. Okay. I think, I think that you always wanted to be famous in some capacity. Okay. So I think, I think I'm going to go with the consistent answer. I think I'm going to say dancer. No, I want mm. to be a singer. Oh man. So I was going to take singer, police officer, or an architect. Okay. So one first grade, second grade, it was cop. End of second grade, third grade was singer. And then fourth and fifth grade was architect. Okay. Uh, what about me? What do you think for me? I'm going to say either something to do with comic books or like a video game designer. Uh, no, the answer is teacher. I really wanted to be a teacher in elementary school. Jeez, bro, and, I'm real, and, I, and I realized in hindsight that it was because I just wanted attention. And I didn't know how you got attention professionally outside of being famous. So I'm like, if I become a teacher, people will be forced to pay attention to me. And some people didn't grow out of that mentality. And then eventually realized that no one pays attention to the teachers anyway. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Who do you look up to? Okay, I got it. This should be pretty easy. I'm going to say, yeah, I'm going to say that you probably like looked up to your dad. Yeah. Yeah. I think like you don't real like there's I had other people I looked up to, but like the guy was probably my dad. For you, is it a guy or girl? It's a guy. It's not your I want to say your god, oh, this is hard. I just Did want to say, hey, Dad, personally? if you're listening to this podcast, I just want you to hear how quickly Alex ruled you out. It- <laughs> <laughs> Did you know this person personally? Yeah. Your grandpa? It was also my dad. Dang, I thought I thought it was going to be too easy. If we both go dads, I'm like, man, this is going to make Because here's very- the thing. Not to say that dads aren't deservant of being looked up to, but when you're in elementary school, you don't meet too many people. Yeah. And you also Everyone don't- you know is your immediate family and then your grandparents. So you don't spend enough time to look up to anybody other than your parents. And like, sure, like kids can like look up to, I don't know, like YouTubers or celebrities and stuff like that. But I think when people say, who do you look up to? A lot of kids kind of have the sensibility to answer like, I should probably answer with someone I know. Yeah, Um, I just, um, I think after elementary school, I found just other people. uh, Anyways. what's What's your dream vacation? Oh, I already know this one. This is easy. Okay. I'm going to say, ooh, you probably wanted to go to like Disney World or something. Uh, No. I wanted to do Cancun, Jamaica, or the Bahamas. In elementary because, school? Yeah. Because that's where all the kids went for spring break and then came back with tans and then walked up to me and goes, oh my gosh, we're the same color. <laughs> that happened every year in spring break. They went to one of those three places. And they came back and goes, oh my gosh, we're the same. I'm like, well, if I go there, I'm going to come back and I'm going to look like Martin Luther King, bro. So like, I wanted to go so bad and do like that little thing where they braid your hair and put beads in just like on one side of your head. Yeah. I mean, that would be freaking sick. So I wanted to do that really bad. Okay. What about me? I think you wanted to, Disney World is a good answer. I don't want to guess what you guessed. Um, I want to say New York. Okay. So... I think in reality, I I would always take a staycation. If they were just like, hey, ha- have a week where you don't have to do anything. I'd be like, perfect. Thank you. So good. Love it. Right. But on the other end, 
Anytime one of those like Nick Hotel commercials came on TV, oh, I really yeah. wanted to participate in that. I was also a big fan of cruises back in the day. I was afraid like the of Nickelodeon boats. cruise where people get slimed and stuff. I'm like, oh, Bi- not a fan of boats. How so? Like it was one of those things where I recognized that's cool. I wish I could participate with that on land. And then they were like, here's the Nick Hotel, and I'm like, perfect. That. Yeah, dude. I just wanted to live a sweet life of Zach and Cody life. Pretty much, yeah. Like if I could just live in a hotel, that would be dope. Um, who is your favorite musician? Who is elementary school Alex's favorite musician? Um This one's this tough for really me too. Because I have to think this long about it, that means you're definitely not gonna get it. Um, I know what it is. Elementary would, school. If you get this, I would be very is interesting. It, I'll tell you it's not it's cool. not going to be someone who blew up in like the 50s, 60s. Because usually who you get exposed to in elementary school is what your parents were listening to. I'm going to yes. go off like fourth or fifth grade when I got, I finally got to listen to what I wanted to listen to sometimes, like at my friend's house. So I'm, I'm yeah. picking one of those guys. <sighs> this is tough because all the answers that I know for you is like middle school stuff. Yeah. Like, like this I is know. A bit of middle school. A I, I bit. like, I, like I know your JB phase, like I know all that, but I'm th- like I need to think of what came like immediately before that was like, God, I'm getting like I'm gonna take a stab in the dark and I'm gonna say, is it One Republic? No, it was Usher. Dang it! Ah, it was, yeah, it was staring me right in the face. I walked up to the door and knocked on it and walked. You said away. JB phase. You're like, what's right before that? I'm like, I don't know. Maybe the guy who signed JB. Ah, <laughs> uh, big about me? Usher guy, bro. This I'm is gonna... also this is going to be tough for you because I don't know if you know this guy. Well, this is impossible then. Um, jeez, bro, I gotta like go back to that era. So that was like 2010 for you ish how no 10 11 ish I, I would get i would go closer to like 2007 ish i'm trying to remember i don't remember when i left elementary school oh i think my last year was mm, oh never mind my years are way off um bro i don't know i'm gonna go jesse mccartney not quite uh my family was a big stadium country family so oh, i got yeah lost yeah in the park. i um i was a big trace atkins guy yeah, Trace Atkins that is. was a uh, was the big one. Um, uh, he, there was another one. Um, Rodney Atkins is the other. Who? So yeah. don't know who that is. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Yeah, I can't imagine you would have pulled either of those two out, but such is life. Um, yeah. and I'll make this the last question, Alex. Did elementary school you want any kids, and if so, how many? Yes, and the number may surprise you. I think. Where, you were probably one of those like big family kids. Like you probably wanted like six kids. Seven. I wanted seven kids. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I wanted that four tracks. boys and three girls. That's I didn't, crazy. Yeah. I wanted because both my parents are from big families. I'm like, well, if it worked out for them, I want that for me. And I'm like, I just in this imaginary world, I had all the money that you could possibly need. So seven kids wasn't that big of a deal. Yeah, seven kids. I think you wanted two boy and a girl. Yeah. I mean, I I have never really cared about, you know, the sex of the baby. That's not really been my thing. Um, but, yeah, definitely two kids. Um, I think as an elementary schooler, I probably wanted two boys because, like you said, that's like that's what were. I grew up with. Um, but I can't imagine, you know, I don't have that much uh, 
emotional investment at the moment. Yeah, I have a tremendous amount of cousins. So like (laughs) big families are what I thought we were just supposed to do. And I'm not going to be having seven kids. Alex, what is our one hit wonder this week? It's called MASH, bro. We played a long time ago. I I played it freshman year of high school. You probably played it somewhere in middle school. It's called Mansion Apartment Shack House. I unironically love playing this game. It's so a lot of fun. I've written out an occupation, a pet, an area of expertise, a house, and a terminal issue. A problem you're going to have to deal with for the rest of your life. So we're going to start with occupation. I'll, let, I'll say start. I'm going to hit a number randomizer. Tell me when to stop and I'll tell. And then how it works, ladies and gentlemen, is... I have like four to like six options and he's going to tell me when to stop. Let's say it's three. I cross off the third answer. So he has three answers left or two answers left. And I keep doing it till there's only one left. And um, we find out what his occupation and a bunch of this other stuff is. All right, Craig, I'm going to start now. Tell me when to stop. Stop. Okay. Three. Your occupation choices are, by the way, Viking, pirate, cowboy, samurai. Okay. Just crossed off cowboy. All right. Well. All right. Start. Stop. Okay. We just crossed off pirate, and this, this is your is final gonna one. This is going to be audio hell. So yeah. this, I'm sure I'm going to find a way to speed this baby up. I started. Say stop whenever. Stop. Looks like you're a samurai, Craig. You know what? All things considered, after Cowboy was knocked out round one, this <laughs> is the next best option for me personally. Okay. Your pet is... Horse, dolphin, wolf, tiger, or eagle. Okay. Right. Starting. Stop. You're losing the eagle. Start. You know what? I'm okay with that. Stop. You just lost the horse. Start. Stop. You just lost the tiger. It's between the dolphin and the wolf. Start. Stop. You lost the dolphin. You're getting a wolf. You're the samurai with the wolf. All right. So here's your choices for expertise. I'll let you get rid of two off the bat. Martial arts, medicine, literature, music teaching traveling oh get rid of two of them martial arts medicine literature music teaching traveling you can get rid of teaching and martial arts oh my gosh you're a samurai and your expertise is not martial arts (laughs) yikes okay so you're stuck with medicine literature music and traveling yeah starting stop okay just got rid of music starting stop okay you just got rid of literature you got stuck between medicine and traveling. Starting. Stop. And you just got rid of medicine. Traveling and culture okay. is your expertise. So I was going to get rid of traveling. And then I was kind of <laughs> thinking, you know, I know I'm not, I know I don't like traveling, but, you know, if I ever get like a significant other, they'll probably want to travel. And I don't want that to be a hindrance on them. So, like, I didn't want to get that out of the way. I'm treating this like it's actually going to happen. Like, this is actually going <laughs> right. to be my life. So. I'm taking this way too seriously. Okay. Well, this next one should be easy. Uh, it's where you're going to live. We have penthouse apartment, Atlantis, underground bunker, or a Texas ranch. Am I getting rid of any? No, I already got rid of one of them for you. Oh, okay. Cool. Thanks. It was just straight up the streets. <laughs> okay. So I'm like, ah, let's be nicer. Starting. Stop. You're starting and stopping. You're timing it out exactly the same every time. You just got rid of the Texas ranch. All right, starting. Stop. Just got rid of the underground bunker. I was really hoping that you were going to get that one. So it's stuck between the penthouse apartment and Atlantis. Atlantis doesn't mean anything. 
<laughs> so, like, everything else has been kind of far-fetched, but, like, within our realm of feasibility, like, being a pirate long-term isn't great for, like, my reputation and livability, but, like, one could do it. But, like, right. well, Atlantis I'm, is nothing. I'm starting. We'll, we'll see if you get it. Start. Stop. Well, you got the penthouse apartment. I was really hoping you were going to get Atlantis. Golly. All right. Your terminal issue. Forever alone. Chronic relationships. Terribly insecure or compulsive liar. Those are your options. Okay. Starting. Stop. Forever alone is not one of them. Congratulations. Oh. I know you're a little worried about that one. All right. Starting. Stop. Terribly insecure. Stuck between two attached compulsive relationships, basically, and then compulsive liar. Starting. Well, neither of these are great, but... <laughs> Starting. Stop. You're a compulsive liar. All right, Craig, tell me a story where you're a samurai, your pet's a wolf, you're big into traveling, that's your expertise, but you live in a penthouse apartment and you're a compulsive liar. Okay, so I was traveling from the coast of Japan and I was sailing south towards uh, Australia, all right? I had just been given a big mission from you know, my commander that's like, hey, we need to go invade the oceanic front. So I take Deborah the wolf, we and we set sail. Um I the 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 you know what? Believe it or not, didn't take that long. Only like a day or two of travel. We have fast boats right. nowadays. Um and I get up there and what do I see? But uh, this is something that only I would recognize, but a a European pine wood that has somehow uh, become an invasive species of tree upon the Northern Australian front. Mm -hmm. um, and this was my assignment to remove these trees from Australia. And I just took my sword and I just kind of dug it out and I brought it back home with me. That's it. That's the story. You're welcome. All right. Well, that was MASH, AKA mansion, apartment, shack house. Uh, that was a one hit wonder as well. So if you liked it, dope play it with your friends but if you didn't like it don't worry it's never coming back uh craig what you got for free bowling i have two things the first me too i forgot hold on uh, oh so the first is <laughs> i watched a movie i watched this year's new big holiday movie which is okay. violent night starring david oh, okay. harbour right so david harbour plays a grizzled uh world-worn santa claus who is dejected feels like kids are too greedy they don't appreciate what christmas means and he's like you know what this is my last christmas after this i'm hanging up the mantle i don't care anymore and while doing his deliveries he accidentally gets caught in a home invasion of this very wealthy family who is who is being robbed it's a home invasion it's like very well thought out, has like armed gunmen, stuff like that. And so now it's effectively up to Santa Claus to rescue this family. Specifically, the little girl is kind of the the in piece for Santa Claus. It's this like seven, eight-year-old girl. Mm -hmm. And this movie balances, tries to balance genuine <laughs> Christmas emotions with a gritty bloody action movie this movie is rated r and there's a good chunk of this movie where santa knocks people's heads off with a hammer and interesting it's not a bad movie by any means i actually think it it has really cool action sequences this movie i think takes a very it's a very big swing in the sense that the first hour of this movie 
is almost entirely set up. There's a few action scenes along the way, but like 10% of the first hour of this movie is action. So that the last half of the movie is entirely action. Like the last like 45 minutes of this movie is just Santa murking dudes. Oh my and God, it's very much a B movie. Like, I think if you go in with low expectations, you'll be pleasantly surprised. Um, the big thing that weighs this movie down, I think, is that it all takes place in a single location. It all takes place in this family's estate. And so that's the setting gets a little boring. Um, John Leguizamo is the antagonist of this movie. And mm-hmm. it was weird because I had just seen John Leguizamo in the menu like two weeks ago. Uh, so that was weird. Um, I don't. What I'm learning is I don't love John Leguizamo as an actor. <laughs> I, I didn't really like. I didn't really like him in this movie. Um, the character relationships are cool. They're they bring enough to this movie where you're not bored with it. But it doesn't like reinvent the wheel or anything. Um, this could very easily become someone's Christmas tradition is watching this movie. Um, so all in all, like it's, it's good. I liked it. It's like a 6.75. Okay. Um, I also watched an ultra violent movie that you might be familiar with. The Northman. I have yet to watch this movie. This has it's... been the one movie that like, I, it might be on my top five list for the year, but I haven't gotten around to watching it yet. It's, um, on Amazon Prime, it has way more witch and spell and ritual stuff than most people are anticipating. I was like, oh, this is like a big part of this movie. Like, there's more than one witch. There's more than one ritual. There's a whole death ceremony a couple times. It's a whole thing. Lots of spells. It's weird, bro. It's just weird. The violence puts Cabin in the Woods to shame. It also feels a lot more real. Like axe in the back, knocking, like busting people's face in, cutting off a nose, like that type of stuff. Dismembering people, big part of this. Like it's about Vikings and it gets gory, bro. Um, character motivation is basically that his he's the prince. The king is played by uh, Ethan Hawke and Ethan Hawke is killed by his brother in the first 10 minutes of the movie. And his brother, uh, so this guy's uncle, is now the new king, and he runs away with his mom, and they are now the rulers. So this kid, who is going to be king if his dad died, is now being chased by these guys, because um, they have they have to kill him as well, so he can have the rightful thing to the throne, right? Whatever. But the kid escapes. Um, the kid grows up, and he turns into Alexander Skarsgård, um, and the queen is played by Nicole Kidman. And then Skarsgård runs into a slave who is played by Anya Taylor-Joy, and then they devise a plot to go rescue his mother, kill the uncle, and thus avenge his father and become the new king. This movie is long, and it feels even longer. So it's two hours and 15 minutes. It feels longer than that. Countless scenes of violence. I thought he was just going to like come back, slay everybody, right, and be the new king. This was like a year-long play, which seems a little unnecessary. Um, it's just a whole thing, bro. It's a Viking vibe to the max. It feels almost too realistic to be fun. Okay. Like, okay, bro. I didn't need to watch this many people get killed. Like there's a lot of people. There's so many deaths in this movie. 
Um, a couple interesting, I wouldn't say the big plot twist, but they're like, oh, didn't see that coming. Um, but it doesn't really change too much of the movie. I would recommend people watch it. It's just one of those things like it's rated off for a reason, bro. It's rated off for a reason. It's freaking crazy and super gory. You're going to watch a billion people get killed. Um, I'm giving it a six, seven, five. And I okay. probably won't watch it again. Um, I watched a professional recording of the Heather's musical. Okay. Uh, the Roku channel has like a pro shot of, uh, of the Heather's musical performed in England. I've, um, it's a smaller theater. It's not like on the West end or anything, but it's a very good, it's a very talented cast. Um, and I don't watch as many pro shots as I should, but I really like the music from Heather's. I really like the Heather's movie. Um, so I decided, you know what? It's free. I there's no sunk like there's no barrier to entry. So I just like let's watch it. Let's bite the bullet. Let's do it. And right. it that musical is so much fun. Oh, that musical is so much fun. Um, the cast wasn't perfect. Um. The mm-hmm. JD was horribly miscast. He's like, I could tell that that he's just like a sweet guy. He like, he does not have a bad bone in him. So anytime he was trying to be intimidating, I'm like, oh, sweetie, this isn't you. This oh, isn't no. you. <laughs> um, but I, I liked the girl that played Veronica. He- um, Heather Chandler. I really liked her character as well. Or like her actress. Um, and the color blocking was fantastic. I really liked all the choreography, the lighting, the costume changes. Like, all in all, if you've yet to watch the Heather's musical, the pro shot that's on Roku is, it's a very good pro shot. I liked it a lot. Um, Probably like a seven and a quarter, maybe seven and a half. It's just a good time all around. That's dope, dude. Um, I watched In and of Itself on Hulu, which is also, I wouldn't say it's a pro shot. It's a what a special is to comedians it would be this for like a one-man show slash magician so there's storytelling but it's professionally shot with real audiences um it's cool i a lot of people will hype up this movie i heard it from a couple comedians said this movie made them cry um the show thing made them cry um it explores a lot of things about identity there is quite a bit of magic but not like too it's not like a pen and teller show there is magic, but like a lot of storytelling, a lot of storytelling. Um, it was very interesting. It's like 90 minutes long and I don't regret watching it. I liked it, but it just, I don't know how I feel about it because like, it's tricky because it's magic. So it's something that doesn't hold up a second time because you know, what's coming, right? Sure. So best case scenario, you can watch it twice if you don't really remember what happened a lot in the first one, but you can't watch it again. Um, it's definitely worth the watch. Um, I would just go in with like regular expectations or don't expect anything. I went in with no expectations. I'm like, this is going to have emotional moments, obviously, if people are crying. But I'm like, it's good. It's pretty good. This is crazy because it's directed by Frank Oz, mm-hmm. um, who I really like. Um, I always find that interesting when like one man shows and like stand up specials. Like, I don't know how much pull the direct like I don't know what the creative vision of the director is like um, who did a uh, Carmichael last year oh i don't remember but like that was directed by bo burnham and it didn't i i kind of know bo burnham's directing style and like i didn't feel it there so it's interesting when i look at stuff and be like what does d- 
directed by Frank Oz mean in this? Like I, that's something that I should look up, but I think it's also hard because a lot of times in movies direction is like, I'm going to enforce my will on this story. You can't do that with live performances of a one man show because it needs to be them, not you. So I think a lot of directing goes in what's the best way I can edit this or set this up stage it. What should the set look like? So it reflects them. Where am I supposed to put close-ups? Where am I supposed to do crowd shots? Where am I supposed to do wide shots? When am I supposed to do flashbacks? Should we cut to a different piece of media? Kind of that stuff. But you can't have it be a reflection of you because it's not about you. So this guy who did in and of itself went and directed Blocks, the Neil Brennan special I talked about, I think last week. And you can kind of see a resemblance. Like there's there's something there, but it's not super pronounced. I think a lot of people could have directed it, but it's good. I think you should watch it. I'm giving it an eight out of 10. It feels like a stretch. It should probably be closer to a seven, seven, five, but it's good. And I recommend people watch it just to like, see how it makes them feel. It's on Hulu in and of itself. Yeah. And that's, that's what we got this time around. So next week for Christmas, we're going to be doing a Chris Pratt and Hey gang, I don't know if you know this, but, uh, Chris Pratt does not have an extensive filmography. Um, that's not like Marvel or Jurassic world. And, you know, we kind of tried to stay away from that. Um, and guys, the best we landed on is Onward. <clears throat> yeah, which he is a main character in. Um, I heard it's good. Yeah, it came out recently. Like, came out, you know, in the last two years. But as far as, like, main characters, it's like this and Passengers, bro. And then, like, Terminalist on Amazon Prime. Which is, a, oh, he does a lot of shows, too. So, like, movies where he's the main character, he's got, like, three of them. So... I, I, I'm interested to see Onward. I don't think it's going to change anybody's life, but who knows, man? It could be good. But that's next week. My name is Craig Wells, a.k.a. Permanent Handle. And I'm Alex Good, a.k.a. Alex Good. Have fun, be safe, and make good choices. And while you're at it, tell your mama said hi. See you next week. Deuces. Deuces.